Back to the airport, where half, that's right, half, 50% of domestic flights to Canada's biggest airports were delayed or canceled last week. Timing, of course, couldn't have been worse with the uh, long holiday weekend and the unofficial start of the summer vacation season because last Friday was really, for the most part, the official last day of school for most of students and family started uh, this week and uh, beyond on summer vacation. And, of course, we got all of these delays and cancellations. Air Canada announcing that uh, they are going to uh, essentially cancel 10,000 flights, 9,500 flights uh, throughout uh, the summer because they just can't handle the backlog. They can't handle the overload of passengers. Air Canada, WestJet, we were talking about this yesterday. They ranked worst. That's right. Nobody was worse. They ranked worst in North America when it came to flight delays. And that's got a lot of Canadian travelers, a lot of families uh, asking essentially these questions. What exactly are my rights? I mean, if my flight is delayed, if my flight is canceled, if my luggage, it's uh, lost or doesn't get to me in a timely uh, manner, what are my rights and what exactly am I entitled to? Gabor Luchek is the head of the Air Passenger Rights Group and joins us now for uh, more on this and hopefully can untangle some of this and answer some of those uh, questions. Gabor, good afternoon. Uh, nice to talk with you again. Good afternoon. Great talking to you again. Uh, first of all, can you tell us uh, what have you been hearing over the last uh, few weeks, the last month or so as the chaos has started and continues in Canadian airports? Uh, what have you been hearing just overall from uh, passengers, air passengers? Have they been reaching out to you? It has been a mayhem. Uh, we are ourselves having difficulty coping with a number of requests for help. We are overwhelmed, in our, even in our Facebook group, and we are not at the airport. Um, passengers have been just left hanging to, uh, to dry by the airlines. And um, the, all this situation we are seeing is something that would have been very easily preventable had the airlines been relying and, and taking into account the information that was available, as I understand, about the limited airport capacity, CATSA capacity, CBSA capacity uh, in the circumstances. Yeah. Do we know exactly what has caused this? And again, it's just not in airports uh, in Canada, although we did a rank of worst, as I mentioned, in North America when it came to flight delays last week. But do we know exactly, can we pinpoint what exactly the problem is here, uh, Gabor? Yeah, my understanding is that this is, Canada only problem as far as we see the magnitude. Yes, other airports have small scale problems, but something of this scale is really specific to us. And the problem that we are facing here is that because of uh, labor shortage, because of staffing issues, uh, the, neither the airlines nor the airports have the normal capacity in terms of handling passengers. Well, one can add a million other reasons why it's happening, but the fact is it was known well in advance that just the same airport that pre-COVID was able to handle so many passengers per hour or per day can handle just a fraction of that now for whatever reasons. Uh, and that doesn't even matter who is that folded that. Where the airline's fault comes in is that knowing that the airports and, and, the, and, the, and the network doesn't have the right capacity, they still kept selling tickets and sold tickets as if it was still 2019. 
Right. So was this something you think was foreseeable, was preventable on behalf of Air Canada, WestJet and other uh, carriers that uh, they should have been able to see their staffing levels and adjust uh, accordingly? And were they maybe uh, guilty of uh, overbooking uh, beyond their uh, capacity, Uh, perhaps an attempt to make up for some uh, lost uh, revenue as, uh, of course, travel was shut down for the bulk of the last couple of years? Exactly. What I believe is that these issues were foreseeable. they didn't overbook specific flights. They've overbooked the whole network. And it is not just overbooking their own staffing capabilities, but also overbooking the airport, CBSA, CATSA, and other, other facilities that are not necessarily directly working under the airline, but working with the airline and can create bottlenecks. It is something that was foreseeable. It would have been preventable. And um, uh, the flights that we are seeing canceled now are those flights that, in my view, should have never been sold to begin with. All right. If you happen to be on one of those flights that uh, does get uh, canceled, uh, do you have uh, any rights? What is your right as an air passenger in this uh, country if you get one of those emails from Air Canada that says, I know you booked this uh, flight, you know, three weeks ago and it's still a month away, but we're unable to uh, fulfill that request uh, now. Uh, Do you have any rights at all? You do have many rights. The more bigger question is, uh, why those rights are not being enforced by the government. So you are entitled to be rebooked on the airline's own network within nine hours, or if that's not possible, they have to buy you a ticket on a competitor airline, even if, you don't, if they don't have any commercial agreement with that, um, and, and they have to um, um, put you on that flight. Um, the, the, the airline also owes you um, meals and accommodation if it's happening on short notice, lump sum compensation if you get le- le- less than 14-day notice and you still decide to take what they offer, and they um, also owe you uh, a full refund plus $400 for large carriers if you decide to say, you know what, I would rather forego this flight, I will not travel. Okay, that is uh, really interesting, and I think news to a lot of people, a lot of travelers, that uh, $400, we'll call it, I guess, penalty, Uh, as well as the fact that they are obligated to find you, I guess, a comparable ticket on another carrier at their expense. And you mentioned a second ago, Gabor, that uh, a lot of these rights are not being enforced uh, by the government and others. Uh, Do we know, is that uh, these sort of compensations, uh, are they going on? Are they ongoing right now? Are they happening uh, on behalf of the airlines? Are they living up uh, to their end of, uh, I guess, uh, the agreement or the passenger bill of rights? The problem is that um, the the airlines are not complying with APPR uh, it, on a large scale. They first just disobey and, and, and say, well, don't like it tough. They don't rebook passengers on flights of other airlines, even though it's required by the APPR in many cases. And, um, and the root cause is lack of enforcement by the federal government. It would be the job of the Canadian Transportation Agency to issue monetary penalties up to $25,000 to airlines that violate the law, and that's not happening. The Minister of Transport is not using his powers with cabinet to actually give airlines marching orders either, nor to the Canadian Transportation Agency. When you look at what powers the Minister of Transport has, he could be issuing emergency directives uh, through cabinet to airlines to deal with the current mayhem. He could also issue long-term policy directives to the Canadian Transportation Agency to finally start enforcing the law as written. Okay, and when it comes to the uh, law and the passenger bill of rights, we just talked about uh, canceled or delayed flights. Let me ask you about the other part of the equation here, Gabor. 
which, of course, is luggage. And we've all seen the pictures of the Pearson and other airports. Uh, just, uh, you know, the, the square footage that's being taken up by uh, luggage that is yet to get to, to uh, its destination or its uh, rightful uh, owners. Uh, are you entitled to anything there when it comes to uh, your luggage either being delayed or outright lost? Yes. So um, if your baggage doesn't arrive with you, the airline is liable to your expenses that you incur when you have to replace items immediately needed for your travel up to approximately $2,300 Canadian dollars. Airlines would tell you otherwise. They are lying. Some airlines will tell you $100 for a first day or $250 for the first two days. Those are air lies. They are lies airlines are telling you. The reality is that if you are going, say, for a wedding and you need a suit or a tuxedo right then when you arrive, you can go and buy it and the airline will be on the hook for it. The main thing is to keep receipts if you are in a country where receipts are given or keep notes and details. And once you receive your baggage, you will have 21 days to send an airline a letter with proof that you actually sent it to them. Hey, please give it to me. Give me the money that I spent here. Here's the proof I spent it. Here's what happened. And on our airpassengerrights.ca website, we do have guides for passengers, even with templates of letters to the airlines and templates for taking it to small claims court if the airline doesn't pay. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, too, about, uh, we were talking about this yesterday, the band Arkells, their musical instruments, uh, they were, uh, I guess, lost and or delayed. Uh, I think we're hearing uh, reports in the last couple of hours, actually, today, that uh, the band has been reunited with uh, their instruments. But again, Gabor, we're hearing more and more stories of uh, people that uh, need tools, instruments uh, for their livelihood uh, to put money in their bank accounts, uh, being separated uh, from uh, those instruments because of the uh, airlines. And are you... Entitled any other sort of special compensation there, do you know, when it comes to something like that being lost and uh, you perhaps uh, having a loss of income? Well, uh, um, if, if, you're, if you can rent maybe something similar that can help you work for the air to then the airline will have to pay for renting expense. For lost income, I would say, uh, yes, it's still damage incurred as a result of, of delay. So uh, I haven't seen it uh, as a common issue. Um, but legally, as, as I understand um, how the Montreal Convention works, it is a damage occasioned by baggage delay. So the airline would be on the hook also for loss of income up to that collective limit of $2,300, unless you can show willful misconduct. If it was willful misconduct or recklessness, then the airline has an unlimited liability actually for your damage. And frankly, what's happening now with the baggage and not having enough baggage handlers, one could make perhaps an argument that this is a case of willful misconduct or reckless behavior by the airlines to not ensuring that there are a sufficient number of baggage handlers for the number of tickets they are selling. Yeah, just finally, Gabor, anyone who's listening right now and has got a plane ticket booked in the coming days, weeks, or uh, months, uh, what is your advice? What's your best advice uh, for them? Is it to uh, do their due diligence, do their research, uh, know their rights, as we've been discussing here for the last few minutes? I, I think I would say for them, if you can at all help it, don't travel. If you can, at least avoid Canadian airports and Canadian airlines, avoid them. Uh, if you absolutely have to travel, then document everything that is happening. Take screenshots, take videos at the airport. And don't be intimidated if, if someone tells you you can't record me because you can actually record your conversations um, in Canada. So um, make sure that you, you, you go there with the mindset that quite possibly this, is going to, this trip is going to end up 
in the courthouse on a civil case and not just as a leisure trip. All right. Gabor, appreciate the uh, time. Thank you so much, uh, as always, for joining us. Thank you very much for having me. Gabor Luchak is the head of the Air Passenger Rights Group.